0: All right, take your Bibles this morning and turn to me in the book of Luke, Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9 in the Gospels, Luke 9. We are getting ready to embark upon a full week of vacation Bible school. It's a lot of work. I appreciate the work that's already gone into it, and uh, a lot of behind-the-scenes background stuff that... That goes on and then of course starting tomorrow night there's a lot of work that goes into it day by day by day and uh, just there's gonna be a lot of activity around here and uh, uh, in Luke chapter 9 we're gonna find that there's a bunch of activity that's going on here but activity does not guarantee the right spirit and the right attitude uh, we need to be, in fact, I, I really think when, when things get busy, we need to be careful. Uh, that's when our guard really needs to, to, to go up, and we need, need to make sure that we have the right attitudes and the right spirit uh, ourselves. So with that in mind, let's all stand together in Luke chapter 9, first six verses, and then we'll pray and get right into the message Verse one says, "Then he called his twelve disciples together, and gave them power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. And he said unto them, Take nothing for your journey, neither staves, nor scrip, neither bread, nor neither money, neither have two coats apiece. And whatsoever house ye enter into, there abide." And thence depart, and whosoever will not receive you when, he, when ye shall go out of that city, shake off the very dust from your feet for a testimony against them. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we're thankful for your word, and we're thankful, Lord, that we can gather together on a Sunday morning and hear the declaring and the preaching of it. We ask God that we would have hearts that would be open uh, to the Word of God and the Spirit of God as you minister to us. Father, we're, we're getting ready to enter into an extremely important week. The souls of men, women, boys and girls uh, lie in the balance. The, the, the Christian growth of, of uh, young people lies in the balance and those are those are extremely important and eternal things so father uh, we pray that you would prepare our hearts this morning and then again tonight through the preaching of your word Uh, father may may we have receptive hearts give us ears to hear and we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for it for it's in jesus name that we pray and all god's people said Amen. amen you may be seated luke chapter 9 we're not going to read the whole chapter but uh, uh, we're going to read individual uh, little passages of it and verses in it but luke chapter 9 is is full of activity there's all kinds of things that are going on now this these folks were busy the 12 were sent out to preach Uh, in this chapter you've got the feeding of the five thousand. in this chapter you've got the transfiguration where uh, jesus Uh, is revealed in his glory, and the the three of the disciples see Moses and Elijah as well. Uh, There's an evil spirit who's uh, cast out from a child, and then he ends the chapter with teaching uh, on his purpose for coming to the earth and on discipleship and what's required of someone who decides to follow him. One of the things that I I have uh, observed and found over the years is that it's easy during times of much activity to get out of touch with the Lord and to uh, start operating uh, on, 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 uh, on adrenaline and flesh. And you put those two together and you have a real volatile circumstance and situation, uh, even though it might be the right kind of activity. And it would be work, work for him. And that's what we're going to do this week. We're, gonna, we're going to get engaged in a work for him. But you look at, at the, that uh, situation where Jesus went to Mary and Martha's house, and uh, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, and, and Martha was uh, cooking the meal and, and getting ready to serve everybody. And basically she was ticked off because, uh, because Mary was at the feet of Jesus instead of helping her. And the Lord made it very, very plain that being at the feet of Jesus was, was very, very necessary. And I think it's just a reminder to us, the fact that when we do get busy, whether it be busy busy with a ministry like we're about to enter into this week, or whether it just be the busyness of life, we've got to understand that we need to be on watch and we need to make sure that we don't get out of tune with the Lord. It's easy to do. And uh, and, and, and the way that it, that we get out of tune is by having a contrary spirit and having a contrary attitude. And, and illustrated in this chapter are some incidents of some spirits, some attitudes that the uh, disciples had that were contrary and cross-purposes with the Lord and his work. Even though they were right smack dab in the middle of it, they were involved, they were a part of it, and yet they were also susceptible uh, to those attitudes. So let's take a look at some of the some of the things that uh, show up in the lives of the disciples in Luke chapter 9. Look down at verse 10. It says and the apostles when they were when they were when they were returned, told him all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately into a desert place belonging to the city called Bethsaida. And you might say, well, uh, you know, when I, when I point this out, that the, this is an inflated spirit, you might say, well, preacher, you're, you might be nitpicking a little bit. Well, maybe so, maybe not. Uh, but they came back and they were excited about what they did. You know, the truth of the matter is, uh, without him, we can do nothing. And if the power of God isn't behind what you do, then it's going to be for naught. And anything that is done, yes, we're the vessels, and yes, and we talked about this in Sunday school this morning, we have to have contact with others. Uh, You don't just sit back and ask God to work without doing what God would have you to do. But when the work is accomplished, it's not us that's accomplishing the work. It's God that's accomplishing the work, and he's doing it through us. And never forget that. Never forget that that we can do nothing for him that counts on our own, in our own strength, with our own intelligence and with our own might. We just, we just can't do it. Uh, John 15 verse 15, or excuse me, John 15 verse 5 says, For without me ye can do nothing. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking, and that, that is also oh true. Um, make sure that whenever God accomplishes something through you, that he gets the honor and that he gets the glory and that he gets the praise. One of the, the things that I was taught early in ministry, and I'm, I'm thankful for this, is that uh, you know when, when you get praise for something that, that uh, you're able to accomplish, do your best to try to deflect that praise. And first and foremost, deflect it to God. You know, we taught our taught our kids when they were growing up. If somebody complimented them on a dress, on a, uh, on a haircut, on something that they accomplished, on something that they did, uh, we, we told them, listen, you just look at that person in the eye and say, well, God is good. And you're giving the credit, you're giving the honor back to the Lord. Uh, that's an important thing. And when we start taking credit for that which God has done through us. Then we start having an inflated spirit. We start start getting puffed up. Uh, Go with me to, to Luke chapter 10. I love this. Luke chapter 10 and verses 17 through 20. It says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. I think they were feeling a little bit, you know, like, look what we're able to do. Look what is accomplished uh, through us. And um, you go down to verse 18, he says, and he said to them, Uh, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I mean, that's a lot of power. And those disciples, those apostles had that power. Verse 20, however, he says, notwithstanding in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. The greatest joy that you ought to always have is the fact that you are saved, that that your sins are forgiven, that your names are written in heaven. And uh, as as saved people, if you've trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, that ought to be your greatest joy. And if you never lose that perspective, you'll you'll have the right spirit. You'll have the right attitude when God does something with and in and through you. Another, Another attitude that we see, go back to chapter 9 and look down at verse 12. Chapter 9 and verse 12. It says, And so when the day began to wear away, then came the twelve and said unto him, Send the multitude away. They may go into the towns and country round about and lodge and get victuals, for we are here in, in, a, in a great place. Um, there, was a, there was an attitude that they had, which was an incompassionate attitude. Uh, They saw people that had needs, and they wanted to just kind of push them off. Take your Bibles and turn with me to, uh, keep your finger here, but go to Mark chapter 6. Mark 6. In Mark chapter 6, look down in verse verse 30. It says, And the apostles... Gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said unto them, "Come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest awhile, for there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat." And they departed into a desert place by ship privately, and the people saw them departing, and many knew them, uh, knew him. And ran afoot thither out of all cities, and out went them, and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion toward them, because there were sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach uh, he began to teach them many things, and when the day was now far spent, and his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they said unto him, Shall we go and buy 200 penny worth of bread, and give them to eat? And of course, this is the the feeding of the 5,000 And if you look at the contrast between the attitude that Jesus had and the attitude that the disciples had, it says that that when Jesus saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Is that what you get from the disciples when they're looking at these these folks without something to eat? No, just the opposite. They're kind of put out with them. and said, listen, we need to to get rid of these folks. We need to to let them go because we, we don't have enough to feed them. Uh, we got to be careful of, of losing our compassion. Uh, we can get so involved and so, so uh, busy in doing things that we forget that we're dealing with real people, with, uh, with real needs and with real hurts. And uh, we've we just got to, to be careful that we don't begin to get a bit of a, a hard heart. In this particular case, uh, Jesus saw that not only, I think it's true for him, he was in a human body that needed rest, but he also looked at his disciples and said, you know, they've had kind of a rough schedule, they need some rest. And uh, one of the things I've noticed in Vacation Bible School, Monday and Tuesday are one thing, Thursday and Friday are another thing. (laughs) And it's just the way that it goes. And if you're not careful... Your compassion starts getting worn a little bit. And uh, and I I have also found that that Thursday and Friday is often when we get tested in that area of compassion. And uh, it's it's easy to lose it. It's easy to lose compassion toward people that are lost. Uh, Be careful. Just be careful of things that you say about people that because of the way they look or because of the, the way their life is, and, and they're lost people, and you know that they're lost. Um, it's, it, fine, I understand making observations, but sometimes those observations can be turned to coldness in our own hearts, and we start disdaining those people. And we need to, we need to understand <laughs> that, but for the grace of God, that would be you. And, and also, too, that they have, a, they have a living soul on the inside that we need to be compassionate toward. We need to be compassionate toward, the, toward Christians. It's easy to, to, to start losing our compassion. You know, uh, one, of the, one of the things, I've watched this over the years. You, get, you, you come to a church or you come to a group of people that you didn't know before, and they're a blessing to you and they're a help to you. And, and uh, boy, you're impressed, and, and you thank the Lord for it. But the longer you're with them, you discover something. You know what you discover? That they're human just like you. Oh, my, oh, my. <laughs> and that they have flaws just like you have flaws. And if you're not careful, if you're not careful, you'll start emphasizing and focusing on the flaws rather than focusing on the needs that they have. And uh, when that starts to happen, your compassion starts to wane. You know, uh, uh, there's, it, this thing is kind of a two-edged sword. Uh, it's been almost 30 years since uh, my family and I uh, came to this church. And uh, 30 years ago, you knew very little about Dave Dunbar and his family. Uh, now you know a lot. Some of the things you're glad you know, and some of the things you wish you never learned. <laughs> and and uh, not only did you learn some thing, have you learned some things about us, but we've learned some things about you. And you know what? If you're not careful, if you're not careful, you let those things get in there, and start to affect your compassion. Uh, I've heard things like this over the years. Well, you know what, so-and-so's really going through it right now. And then a response by someone is, well, yeah, but did you know that they're doing such-and-such such in their life? Do you, do you realize that, that this is the case and that this thing, and have you noticed this attitude? Whoa, careful, careful. What you're doing is you're starting to focus on the faults rather than focusing on the needs, and, and these disciples lost sight of the need. The reason why God was so compassionate, why the Lord Jesus Christ was so compassionate, was because he saw their needs. And, and you can take that, that same thinking and just flap it right into the family, whether it be the family, friends, Christians, lost. We need to be careful and keep a guard on having a compassionate spirit the the next spirit the next attitude that can that can manifest itself look down in verse thirty two same chapter Luke chapter nine verse thirty two says but but Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep and when they were awake they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him now those two men were Moses and Elijah and uh, it, the, these guys uh, Peter James and John had the privilege of participating in and seeing the uh, transfiguration of Jesus Christ and also seeing seeing uh, Moses and seeing Elijah uh, what a what a blessing and what did they do what was their response to that wonderful wonderful experience they fell asleep <laughs> they fell asleep now i you know i look at that and i think well you you, you nuts! You, you, idiots! What in the world are you doing sleeping at a time like this? But then I remember, uh, you know what? I'm made out of the same flesh that they are. That could be me. I, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, uh, purport to be more spiritual than than John. I don't purport to be more spiritual than than any of those uh, disciples that were there. And yet, and yet, they began to fall asleep. Uh, that's a spirit of indifference. And that spirit of indifference can, can invade each and every one of our lives. Uh, keep your finger here and go to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. When you understand the context of what we're about to read, I think it puts a different light on it that if you just take the verses out of context... And just quote them, it sounds like he's talking to lost people. But he's not talking to lost people. This is a this is a letter that was written to a local New Testament church. These were saved people that he was talking to. And down just a few more verses, he's talking about being filled with the Spirit. So so we know that the the, the congregation that he's addressing are saved people. And if if you look with me in verse 14 through 16, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil." Again, he's not talking to lost people. he's talking to saved people. And he says, "Awake, thou that sleepest, is it possible to get indifferent as a as a Christian? Yeah, sure is. Is it possible to get sleepy uh, and just really not pay attention to what's going on? Yeah, it is. We can get indifferent toward toward the Word of God. Um, I, I remember when I was going to Bible college, I had heard before, I went to Bible college. I had heard someone make the statement that one of the easiest places in the world to backslide and fall out of the will of God is at Bible college. And I thought, I, you know, I was newly saved, and I said, man, that, that can't be the case at all. That can't be the case at all. I mean, man, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have christian atmosphere all the time and that'll keep me on fire for god what i found out was you can when you when you start going to classes and the bible is your textbook for for just about every class that uh, pretty soon that's what it becomes is a textbook rather than a life book and we can get indifferent to the word of god we can get indifferent to reading it we can get in, and I, I don't mean that you don't read it, but I mean when you read it, it just kind of goes uh, in one eye and, and well, in one ear and out the other. not in one eye and out the other, but uh, in both ears and out, both eyes and out the other ear, something like that. Anyway, uh, it you, you just become indifferent to what the word of God says, and you don't take it personal. You get indifferent to prayer. It's easy to become very mechanical in our prayers. And I, I, I I'm convinced that. One of the reasons why troubles come into our lives, and not just our lives, but the lives of others, is so we can be shaken and and realize. Listen, prayer is essential, and prayer is important, and we need to be in prayer for for one another. Uh, we can get we can get that way with church. We can just get indifferent. The reason why Thomas. Um, did not see the resurrected Christ it was because he skipped out on a, on a Sunday night church service. Uh, you find that it was in the evening, and and Christ appeared to the disciples. Thomas was not there. He did not see him. And we can we can get like that. Um, be careful. You know. Be careful when you're when you're when you're on vacation. Uh, and and uh, and you go various places one of the things we tried to do to the very best of our ability we made sure that even though we were on vacation our family was in church Sunday school not just the Sunday morning service we took them to Sunday school Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night you say were they all good experiences oh no (laughs) no they weren't because you're going to churches you don't even know anything about the church uh, we went to, to uh, I, I remember one time we were up in the Adirondacks, and uh, it was, was our family and the Ingalls family. And uh, some girls got up to sing, they did a really good job. They're just little kids and they were singing a song. And after they got done, an older man got up and said, uh, you know, uh, you probably won't get as much of a blessing out of my singing as you did their singing but, uh, but just pay attention to the words, and he was very dramatic, and he started singing the song, and I don't remember the song, John will remember the song, uh, but, uh, and he's laughing, he's about ready to lose it now because he remembers it. <clears throat> I remember, I couldn't look at Larry Ingalls, I couldn't look at John, they couldn't look at me, or we'd, we'd have all lost it. You say, what'd you get out of that service? A lot of entertainment, that's about all we got out of that, that particular service. But uh, but we made we made sure that that people were that our family was was at all those things regardless of where we were. Um, we we need to be diligent in in the area of church. And when you come to church, come with a with a prepared spirit, with a prepared heart. If you have an indifferent heart, God cannot will not use you to be a blessing to others, and He you also won't give you a blessing. Um, when it comes to witnessing, when it comes to uh, Uh our you just overall relationship with God. We can just get cold and we can get indifferent. When sin comes into our lives, we can just kind of throw it underneath the rug. Um and I think the other thing I was just thinking about this particularly last night. It's we get indifferent when it comes to seeing God's hand in everything that happens in our lives. We talked about this a little bit in Sunday school this morning. But there are no accidents with God. Well, if there's no we might not understand it all. I'm sure you're not going to understand it all. It's God who's putting it together. And we're, we're not even close to having a, a mind and a thought process like what God has. But, but if uh, we look for his hand, I'm convinced you can find it. And uh, if you, you look to see how God is moving in your life, uh, and rather than just being indifferent and allowing bitterness to set in and allowing, allowing a, a disgruntled spirit to come in. Uh, if, we, if we look for God's hand, we'll see it. Another, another uh, uh, attitude that has a tendency to pop up when we're busy, go to chapter 9, look down in verse, uh, Luke 9, verse 40, if you would. Luke chapter 9 and verse 40 says I, I and I besought thy disciples to cast him out and they could not oh, this is a father coming to him with a with a, um, a child who had an evil spirit he took the child to the disciples His disciples tried to cast him out and were not able to do so they did not have the power to do so now if you'll read through this yes the Lord does deal with the disciples. But where he's really kind of hard is on the dad. Uh, he tells the dad, he says, listen, uh, you, don't, you, you just don't really believe me. You don't have the faith that you ought to have. But then he, then he does turn to the disciples, and he explains to the disciples uh, what, what the problem is. And the problem was is that they just didn't have the power to get the job done. Uh, what, what was necessary? Well, look back in, in that same chapter. Look back in verse 1. It says, Then he called his twelve disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. They had the power. They just weren't tapping into it. They had It was available. And the truth of the matter is, the Lord Jesus, when he gave us the Great Commission over in Matthew 28, he said, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. And the implication there is, I've got the power, I'm making it available to you. Get the job done. But in this particular case, there was a problem. And, and it was a kind of a threefold problem. First of all, they had a lack of faith. Their faith wasn't as strong as it needed to be for that particular situation. And, you know, I, I found that in the Christian life, sometimes you can, you can get by with the amount of faith that you have for certain things, but then something big will come along, something that you've never encountered before will come along, and your faith needs to be at a different level. And in order to have the power that's necessary, we've got to have that belief and we have to have that trust in the lord in order to in order to see that thing accomplished in order to get the power so it was a lack of faith and there was a lack of prayer Um, he said uh, this kind cometh forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting he said this kind in other words there's different levels of situations that we're going to face in life and we need to be at different levels of our christian life for those situations. You, know, you could be down on this level and have the power that's necessary for the things that come into your life there, but then God puts it up a couple of notches, and if you don't, if you don't take your prayer life and you don't take your faith and you don't, you don't take your sacrifice up to another level, you're not going to have the power that is necessary to get the job done. I, I am so excited About this VBS this week I am I really am because we've got some people that are doing some things that they've not done before Uh, they're in some areas that they've not been in before and one of the things that in just in talking to to Jerry Miller about this thing uh, people volunteered for for VBS, and not knowing exactly where they were going to be put. And I think for the most part, if not everybody, as far as I could, I could pick out, their attitude was, wherever you need me, plug me in. Well, that's a dangerous thing to say sometimes <laughs> because you have no idea where they're going to plug you in. And, and I have done that before. I remember the very first time I ever took a missions trip. It was up to Canada. And, uh, and I haven't been saved for very long at all. Uh, a couple of years, and they had me teaching a a, a vacation Bible school uh, teen class. I had never done that. I've never taught any kind of a class ever in my entire life, and I was I was thrust, you know, into that into that situation. Uh, man, it, it was good for me. It was good for me. It got me, believe me, it got me on my knees an awful, awful lot more than it was before. And, and, and that, was a, that was a blessing. But when you, when you come up against different things in life, you need to have the, the power from God. Now, he's got it for you. You know, he had it for the disciples. It says so back there in the first verse. But, but they didn't avail themselves of it. There was a lack of faith, a lack of prayer, a lack of fasting. There's, there's certain areas of, of sacrifice where God's going to require some things more of you. And, and that may be this week. Make sure that you, have, uh, that you are where God wants you to be so you can plug into the power that, uh, that God wants you to have. And then another attitude that can crop up. In chapter 9, look down at verse 46. It says, Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest? Now they're, now they're having a pride problem, and they've got, a, they got an immature and a prideful spirit. What is it that, that, that causes that? Well, there, there's several things that can cause, cause an immature spirit. You can get an immature spirit first and foremost just from pride. Uh, we we um, don't spend time thanking and praising and worshiping the one who is truly great. And when we don't do that, then we start thinking we are somebody. It's not us who gets the job done. It's not us that's worthy of praise. Um, I even—I'll I, be honest. I—I—and I hope I never lose this, but I get a little nervous when somebody says, "Oh, pastor, I so appreciated that message because because uh, you you know you said just the right words. You said just." The, and listen if I did don't thank me for it thank God for it you know if, if you got a blessing you got a blessing because God took it and used it in a in a in a wonderful way in your life uh, praise the lord for that but it's not me it's God and we've got to constantly kind of hit that reset button in our in our hearts and lives and, rem, and be reminded of the fact that it's the Lord who does those things and not take credit for it ourselves the another thing that causes it is a selfish spirit uh, selfishness can cause us to have an immature spirit and that's what was welling up in these guys they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest and then the last last one is just improper growth uh, ju- just not they've just not grown like like they should have they should have been at a higher level at this point than what they were, so that they wouldn't be arguing about who's going to be the greatest in the, king, in the kingdom. Uh, who's going to sit next to the, the Lord on his, on his right hand? Uh, that's, that's not a thing that should even concern us if we're at the right level of spirituality in our personal lives. It's an immature spirit. Uh, sometimes you, know, you, look, you look back at the things that you argued with people about or that you got contentious with people about. And uh, uh, you find that, that really it was very, very low on the totem pole of importance. There was a, there was a, a, a woman that came to a, a preacher one day, and this is a true story. She, she came to him and she said, uh, she said, I just, I just want you to know, she says, I've had all I can have, I've taken all I can take. She says, I want to divorce my husband. This is a Bible-believing saved person and going to a, a, a Bible-believing pastor. And he said, well, here's what I want you to do. He says, I want you to, to uh, uh, take this 3 by 5 card and start at the top and list all the reasons of uh, things that just bother you so badly that, that uh, uh, ca- have caused you to come to the conclusion you need to get divorced from your husband. So she did. She took the the thing. She took the card home, and uh, the next week she met with him. And he says, "Well, did you fill out the card? I sure did." And she hands it to him, and it's a list of stuff, man, on both sides. So he picks it up and he looks at number one on the list. And number one says, he throws his socks on the floor. And he looks up and he said, "Now let me get this straight. You want." to divorce and end a lifelong relationship with your husband because he throws his socks on the floor. Is that correct? (laughs) She looked at him and she said, you know, when you put it like that, it sounds kind of silly, doesn't it? Well, you know, honestly, uh, the things that we get bent out of shape about and the things that we, we make issues out of often is just because we have a very immature spirit. And uh, it it could be the selfishness, it could be the the improper growth, it could be the pride, but the bottom line is it's not important when you compare it to the grand scheme of eternity. So be careful and watch out for an immature spirit. And then then the last one is uh, is an intolerant attitude. Go to uh, chapter nine, I say the last one, second to last one. Uh, Go to chapter 9 and verses 49 and 50. 49 and 50, it says, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and we forbade him, because he followed not with us. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Now, when I say an intolerant spirit, I'm not talking about the kind of intolerance that the world is talking about today. I'm, ta- I'm talking about uh, just being able to agree to disagree with some folks about some things and, uh, and, and still learn from them and still work with them and still get the job done. Um, I, I took down a quote years ago that uh, Bill Grady told uh, another, I believe, it was another preacher, and and he, he he made this statement. I thought this is a this is a good quote, so I, I made sure I copied it. He said this, Brother Grady said, get your compassion from Jack Hiles, get your doctrine from Pete Ruckman, and uh, know how to to uh, handle uh, personal relationships from Bill Gothard. Now, I don't know if you know any or all of those guys, but you if and one of them is is since two of them have since gone home to be with the Lord. But if you were to, when they were alive, if you put all three of those those guys together, there might be some blood flowing under the door. Uh, What he was basically saying was: learn how to glean, you know, and, and get a get the blessing from this guy you can get in his strong suit, and get the blessing from this guy you can get in his strong suit. And it's not just true with people we learn from, but it's also true with people we work with. Everybody's got, got, got a strength. Uh, again, don't focus on the weaknesses. Focus on the strengths. And you can get a blessing from anybody. We had a, I won't say who it was, but we had a, 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 uh, a fellow come in to speak. This is years and years ago. I was running him around town. And uh, he looked in my My uh, library, he asked if he could, and I said, sure, go ahead. So he looked at all the different kinds of books. And this guy had had and still has, I think, a little bit of an attitude and a problem with Dr. Ruckman. And I got a bunch of Doc's books. And so we got in the van, and and we were talking, and and he said, I noticed, uh, Brother Dunbar, that you have uh, quite a few books. By Peter Ruckman. I said, yes, sir, I do. (laughs) I thought, thought, yeah, it's too wet to plow, man. I might as well just go ahead and go right into this thing headlong. I said, yes, sir, I do, I do. I said, you know what? Uh, I've gotten a real blessing out of a lot of it. And he looked at me and says, I don't understand how anybody can get, get a blessing from that guy. And I... And it must have been the Lord because I don't have this kind of I don't have this kind of guts. I really don't, but I f- figured, well, I got nothing to lose. I just I just turned and looked at him and I smiled and I said, Well you know what I've learned over the years? I've learned I can get a blessing out of just about anybody. As a matter of fact, I even get a blessing out of you. <laughs> he didn't know what to do with that. Hadn- I just brought him back from lunch. He got out of the car, well, amen, brother, Uh, see you tonight. (laughs) And to this day, since then, I've had coffee with him, I've talked with him, uh, uh, got a good relationship with him. There's two things. What I said is true. I've learned I can get a blessing out of just about anybody. But my estimation of that guy went up through the roof because he did not take that incident between the two of us and say, well, I'm not going to mess with him if that's what he thinks. He wasn't that way at all. And he has the tendency to be that way. That's just the kind of guy he is. And uh, uh, we, we need to, to, to learn to be able to forbear one another and put up with one another. Uh, and then the, the last one, in, in, chapter, in chapter 9, look down in verses 51 through 54. 51 through 54. In verse 51 it says, And it came to pass, when the time was come, that he should uh, be received up. He steadfastly set his, set his face to go to Jerusalem, and sent messengers before his face, and they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him, because his face was as though he would go to Jerusalem. And when his disciples... James and John saw this. They said, Lord, wilt thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them, even as Elias did? Now, what that is, is that's an impatient spirit, an impatient attitude. It's an impatience toward, you know, we can, we can show that toward other Christians. We can show that toward lost people. Um, you know what? I, one of the things I've learned over the years is that I have come, and sometimes I have to remind myself of this, but I've come to expect lost people to act just like lost people should. (laughs) So don't get put out with them. And Christians have a sinful nature, just like lost people do. And sometimes they give in to that. Well, uh, because of that, I need to be patient. And I I, I need to be as patient with others as God has been with me, and let me tell you, God has been awful patient with this, with this preacher and awful patient with this Christian. Uh, give them the breaks that God has given you and, and beyond. In closing, just take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Ephesians chapter 4. And this is the, this is the thing that combats Any of those attitudes, you know, ask yourself this morning, do you have a, you have a tendency to have a little bit of an inflated spirit? It might not be overall, it might just be in one or two areas, but do you think you're, you know, sometimes do you think you're all that in a bag of chips? Uh, Do you, do you have a, an incompassionate spirit? Uh, You find yourself put out by folks from time to time. Do you have an indifferent spirit or an an impotent spirit, where when you need the power, it's just not there. An immature spirit, an intolerant spirit, or an impatient spirit. Well, you know what's the cure for that, that stuff? Is I found it over here in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at me in the first three verses, and we'll close with this. It says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Lowliness is humility, uh, esteeming others better than yourself. Meekness is having an extremely submissive spirit and surrendering your rights to God and being willing to surrender your rights for the benefit of others. Long-suffering means to be long and patient uh, in, in enduring if need be, personal injury, trouble, or provocation. And then the last one is forbearing others in love. That means withholding from reacting to others just because you love them. Just because you love them. You know, you look back at it, and you look at at all of those things have been evident in my life, in God's treatment toward me. Believe me. Uh, God has been been kind to me when I didn't deserve the kindness. God God has has uh, uh, given me break after break after break when I never deserved it. Uh, my God has been long suffering with me. My God has been forbearing with me in love over and over and over again. We need to make sure that we have that same attitude. We have the the right spirit toward God, first of all, and then secondly, exhibit that spirit toward others. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, this morning as we come to you, I don't know, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can speak for myself. I look at those disciples, I can identify with every one of those things. I've done them all. And, Lord, it is so important for us to have, especially as we go into this week, and it's really true every single day, but we're getting ready to go into a busy time, and it's when we get busy that uh, that temptation to get one of these wrong attitudes pops up. I pray, Father, you deal with our hearts. Maybe we've already got some of that welling up inside of us. We've already got an incident or two that we can look at that where we've acted that way here just recently. And Lord, we need to get it in check. I pray, Father, that you'd help us to have a lowly spirit, a meek spirit, have a forbearing spirit, and have a loving spirit so that uh, we can be used of you to get the job done in this community. Lord, there's, there's folks that need to realize that, that they have a God who loved them so much that He gave His only begotten Son. But Lord, uh, they're not gonna believe in a God who loved them so much if they don't see people that care for them. And uh, if any of these, these attitudes get into our lives, that takes away from that spirit that we need to have in order to reach our community for Jesus Christ. Lord, please deal with our hearts this morning. And uh, as you speak to our hearts, if there's something we need to take care of, may we do so immediately. And we'll be careful to thank you and to praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.